You're listening to MeSearch. I'm Crystal. And my name is Dustin. We're two friends taking space and making space for other Filipinos to share their stories and insights. Join us as we talk to folks in the community to discover how they became trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Dustin. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Such a somber hey, everybody, compared to last week's. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to find, trying to find the, you know, the variations here. Trying to mix it up. Yeah, that was a soft, hey, everybody. Actually, it wasn't like that at all. But <laughs> give me a give me a coast 103.5. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. My name is Crystal and you're listening to me search. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> you just you just got to wait. Is that it's that pause that I miss. Um, the dramatic pause. That dramatic pause. I miss listening to the radio, actually, you know? Mm. Well, you know, specifically, I just m- miss listening to Coast and what Coast used to be. Coast has a lot of, like, new tunes that they play these days. I typically listen to Coast around the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of just when they play all of the uh, holiday music. But I did also notice that... I've been tuning into Coast like in the middle of the year, mm-hmm. which who am I? Such an adult. Love those adult contemporary tunes. Totally. But also, you're right. Like they do play some top 40 here and there. Yeah. You know, I've been going to uh, The Wave, you know, when, I, when I'm when i looking for adult contemporary tunes because The Wave has been playing more of the stuff that I'm used to Coast playing. Mm. The Wave. So good. I love it. But, you know, um, the last couple holiday seasons, Mike and I have been trying to win. And Mike has done this already, but I was going full force, especially the last couple years, trying to win those Disneyland tickets for the Coast Holiday Party. They have Disneyland tickets? Yes, the Coast Holiday Party where they shut down Disneyland. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, all the winners from the Coast Holiday Party party Contest, everyone goes at a certain time, and it's closed down for just the winners. So there's, like, no lines. There's, like, special treats. You get to meet all the DJs, you know? I know. I would have loved to meet. uh, I would have loved to have met uh, Mike Sacklerides and Karen Sharp. Karen Sharp. Karen Sharp. Shout out to Karen Sharp. (laughs) Shout out, Karen. Karen's got a question for us on this uh, on this episode. <laughs> That's a good segue, actually. So we have a we have a special episode for everybody. Everybody, we have a special episode. <laughs> so we have questions from our mm-hmm. dear listeners, um, all five of them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. But we've got some questions that uh, we've curated here. Uh, we actually got quite a few, so we're not able to answer all of them, but we'll save some extras for future episodes. Yeah, sit tight. Yeah, sit tight, folks. 
So our first, I guess we'll do like a switchy switch off situation. Mm-hmm. So Crystal, do you want to give us the first question here? Yeah. So our first question comes from Patrick, a.k.a. Kuya P, from the Chopin Show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. Hey. Um, so Kuya P's question is... Hi, Dustin and Crystal. This is Patrick Kuyapi with the Show Pal Show. And uh, my quick question for you guys is what do y'all do for fun when you're not podcasting? You're just relaxing, you're chilling. What are you doing? And uh, anyways, I love the show. Can't wait to hear if you can answer that question. But you all are amazeballs. I love you guys. You guys just put a smile on my face whenever I listen to an episode. Um, it's amazing. You guys are great. You rock. Love y'all. And I can't wait to see you guys and uh, talk to you guys when the world is better. But I will be tuning in because Me Search Podcast is the bomb. Love y'all. Thanks, Kuya P. What a nice Aww, dude. I know. Thank you, Kuya P. We love y'all at the Show Pal Show. Yes, we do. They are really good. Um, all right. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, so for fun, well... I'm pretty much a couch potato a lot of the times with with Michael. Um, did I ever tell you in kindergarten? This is like kind of a, a, a side thing. But in kindergarten, um, there was like, you know, those like touring like theater companies that have like some kind of lesson that they try to teach you <laughs> about something. Mm -hmm. um, for some reason, in maybe the 80s, there was an epidemic of... Uh, being a couch potato and there was seriously a touring cast of actors that uh, put on a play about a cautionary tale of becoming a couch potato and how it would ruin your life <laughs> really yeah was it like a from a health and wellness lens I don't like know get up an exercise type of thing or was it like you need to find a job and work <laughs> um I just remember the actor just sitting on the couch and eating a lot of potato chips and watching MTV. But of course, it wasn't like MTV because it was probably copyrighted or whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just like all the bad things are going to happen to you. That's all I remember. Like, that's all I can tell you about it. Um, it's kind of weird. We, we also had like traveling actors who would do skits yeah um come to like different assemblies oh i i remember a guy dressed up as a giant spider Ooh, fun oh my gosh that sounds like a lot of fun for the actor yeah so that was cool uh i don't remember the lesson but you know i think i turned out okay it's fine <laughs> yeah 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 same um anyway uh back to the question sorry so couch potatoing, uh, we do love to indulge in, you know, watching good TV and film. And uh, recently in, in the pandemic, we've been checking out some live theater through Zoom. So that's been really nice, especially since theaters are dark and I miss theater. We miss theater, Michael and I. Um, yeah, it's been nice. Um, I also like to spend time... In my laboratory. What do you mean? AKA the kitchen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Um, I love experimenting in my lab. And um, what's the coolest thing you've made recently? 
Recently, Thanksgiving dinner 2020. Okay. Hey. Yeah. I, I don't know if I talked about this in a recent episode or a past episode, but I reclaimed Thanksgiving. I started cooking Thanksgiving. I learned how to cook Thanksgiving dinner because I was ashamed that our house is only offering Filipino food on a quote American holiday. Mm-hmm. So for 19 years, totally dating myself here, I cooked Thanksgiving dinner for the entire family, and I made sure that it was, of course, a, a very, quote, traditional, uh, you know, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, just very, you know. American. American. But what is American? Uh, even so, uh, this year I, I, I brought back, you know, my Filipino roots and I made a sinigang crusted turkey and I made, uh, mashed potatoes with a chicken adobo gravy. Oh my gosh. That sounds so good. It was good, boo. Like, I gotta say, I was, I was really put to the test with all of the years of spending time in the kitchen and learning techniques on my own i was like all right you're not going by any kind of recipes you're making your own recipes this year completely from scratch So all of that was like completely from your brain yes it was completely from my brain did you write it down i sure did because i would love to pass it down to um the future generations in my family and keep that alive and should make a book i should make a book shit um, but yeah, uh, what else did I make this year? I made, um, a calamansi cranberry sauce. Mm. Um, what else? Oh, I made a really bomb longanisa cornbread stuffing. <gasps> oh my God. That sounds delish. Yes, it was, it was very good. Um, but anyway, that's just a few things I love to, anyway, I love to spend time in my lab, what else do I like to do? Mike and I also picked up this cute little drawing book. I like to draw and I, you know, I've never really taken any formal classes in it, but it's been, it's, this book has been really helpful and it has a very non, what is it? What is the word I'm looking for? It's friendly not a, approach. Yeah. A friendly not intimidating. approach, not intimidating. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. We've been doing that after work to kind of separate work life from uh, home life since we're just here. What else do I do? I think that's about it. You're truly an artist through and through. You're like doing everything. <laughs> oh. She sings. She acts. <laughs> she does magic in the kitchen. She draws, folks. Um, um, but yeah, that that's what I like to do for fun. Um, what about you, Dustin? Um, man, I feel like I'm boring. No. Because <laughs> I feel like this is what I do for fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. You're still um, creating things. You create, are yeah. you? I think I am a workaholic. Oh. I feel like I always have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't, if it was a regular year, I'd probably be doing volunteer work with this organization called Lacoste. Yeah. Lacoste Mentorship, which is a youth mentorship program that um, provides a space for young people to practice leadership and practice um, skills that they can bring to their home life, their school life, 
their future professional life, things that they don't necessarily teach them um, in in grade school to kind of prepare them for the world, but with an with a lens that allows them to see mm-hmm. like all of these sociological things that are at play um, that impact them mm-hmm. that are invisible unless you're really critical about understanding these factors sure. um, like power dynamics, uh, the social construction of gender and race and whatnot, stuff like that. I guess that's what I do for fun. Well, I go to conferences. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I got a big conference coming up. Oh. I know. Honestly, I that, that was my life in 2019. I'm like, hey, I heard about this conference. You want to go? <laughs> such a nerd but i love it no Um, i'm here for that though thanks bring me to a conference thanks (laughs) this i i I feel like my last few years have been very academic based and very like community development based um this year 2020 because i haven't been able to go out and travel and like do those things that i might normally Mm do um and like meet people and things of that nature i have had a blessing in disguise to kind of sit and reflect with myself and like mm-hmm. practice more like introspective thinking and um, creative things that I put away for a long time. So mm-hmm. I'm doing remote music with my friends in my acapella groups. Okay, yeah. <laughs> in my acapella group. Um, what else am I doing? I'm on social media a lot more these days. Which is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> and I also am a couch potato. I watch a lot of Netflix and I watch a lot of BLs on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. What What are you watching right now on streaming services? Uh, I'm binging Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on Netflix. Oh, I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Me too. Me too. So good. I binge watched uh, the first two seasons uh, several months ago and I'm picking it back up. I finished season three last week, and I'm starting season four this week. I just want to be best friends with Rachel Bloom. I feel like you are Rachel Bloom in many ways. (laughs) Like, she's just a very talented, like, like her humor, her sense of humor, her talent. She's just very, very well-rounded in a lot of things. Uh, Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment, because I fucking love her. (laughs) She's got a book. Out oh she does I know I need yeah. to I need to pick that up shout um, out to Rachel Bloom yeah shout outs to Rachel Bloom I know you're listening to this podcast totally so <laughs> much appreciated yeah and I I totally appreciate that there is you know Filipino playing Filipino people <laughs> on crazy ex-girlfriend yeah I think that's super cool I appreciate that that you know kind of representation um we're not just a face playing a you know a an Asian character. We're a, we're Filipino. They're Filipinos, like Filipinos, and it's not very often that you see that. So yeah, yeah. Watch it, watch it, watch it. This next question comes to us from City Boy, who is. Uh, the creator of a podcast, a fictional storytelling podcast called The Stories I Wish You Heard. And uh, he's based in the Philippines. A lot of the stories, not a lot of the stories, but some of the stories um, have Tagalog in it. So it's helping me 
helping me with my Tagalog. Nice. You should listen to this podcast, folks, because it's it breaks your heart. It makes you cry. Mm. Makes you think. It's very good. It's very good. All right. So this question is... Hey, Crystal and Dustin, it's City Boy from the stories I wish he heard. I love, love, love me search. And I've always wanted to know what's something that you wish Filipinos would know about Philams? Ooh, that's a deep question, I feel. What, what, are, what are your thoughts? My initial thought is that I think a lot of people already know this, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But Filipinos in America... The culture of what it means to be Filipino-American, I feel like, is very different from what it means to be a Filipino in the Philippines. Sure. There's still a connection um, that Filipinos in America crave to have or also have um, mm-hmm. with the folks in the Philippines. But in terms of like what's something I wish Filipinos would know about Filipino-Americans, I would say... Man... I'm trying to be careful with my words. Mm-hmm. There's a collective trauma. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> There's a collective trauma when it comes to uh, second generation Filipino Americans because we go through this this identity crisis of not necessarily being uh, completely American. Mm-hmm. First generation and second generation go through this, I think. Yeah. In various levels. At least from my perspective, there's a... There's, uh, a huge longing to belong to the culture. I'll, I'll use this term culture very broadly because I've heard it used in in a way that makes it feel like there is only one way to be Filipino. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to acknowledge that there are different ways to be Filipino. There are There's an invisible thing that connects us all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I have the words to articulate that completely. But I think we're also very different in the Filipino diaspora. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's something that you all already know in the Philippines. I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's definitely feeling, feeling like you're forever in this liminal space, you know, living in America as a Filipino, Filipino American. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's very jarring at times. And yeah, that, that that need to belong that wanting to belong but you don't know where and how to belong mm-hmm. is um is tough and th- i think that that goes with a lot of other cultures as well right um mm-hmm. any any folks coming from an immigrant family is like how do i exist here in this united states <laughs> um it's right. a very very interesting thing. Um, I think on the flip side, though, uh, perhaps what a lot of Filipinos might say, Filipinos in the Philippines, mm-hmm. at least for those who are trying to come to America, they might think, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes now. Mm-hmm. They might think, why would you have those negative feelings? Mm-hmm. Because your family brought you over there or your your parents came to, to your country Right. To give you a better life, why are you so ungrateful? Mm. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know. There's I think I feel like there's a lot of emotional unpacking to do there. But yeah. um Yeah. When I when I speak to uh City Boy, we've had conversations about the fact that 
the culture there is is different from what it means to be Filipino American. Mm-hmm. That to me, I think, brings me a little bit of comfort because when I interact with folks from the Philippines, they remind me there's there's a difference there that it's okay, but there's still some love. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, that's good to know. Do you? Is there anything in particular that you feel like um, you would wish? Filipinos in the Philippines would know about Filipino Americans? Um, I don't know if it's like specific, specifically Phil Am, but um, my uncle from the Philippines, my dad's brother, he came to visit last year. Um, mm-hmm. And we were just talking about what it's like to exist in America as a Filipino. We had a really wonderful conversation driving to the mall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and there really is this misconception of how everyone is free here in America and everyone, um, you know, everyone is equal. And um, was was your uncle born in the Philippines? Yes, he's he's he was born in the Philippines. He's been living in the Philippines. Um, but yeah, it's it's this idea that we're all living in harmony and. Um, well, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know now <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, how, how everything has gone this year, I feel like the issues of America have really come to the forefront and is a lot more obvious. Um, but it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just like a really, really interesting conversation I had with my uncle about race relations in America and, and what that is and how, there, we have a lot of issues here that we need to address and that we haven't been addressing. And um, there's a lot of people who and communities who are suffering from, you know, a lot of the sins of this country. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we can't fix these issues. And, you know, we have we have a lot of folks who are fighting for this ideal that America does stand for or um, offers the, the ideal that America offers that we haven't realized as as a country. So um, yeah, it's it's. I, I feel like the conversation might be might have been different if my uncle came now, if you know yeah. if he were able to. But last year it was really interesting to see the the perspective of America from someone from the Philippines, and um, it's just. So it's it's not as rosy as as it it looks over here. Yeah. Be critical of the brochure, folks. Be yeah, critical. be critical of the brochure. Wonderful. Yeah, that's yeah. perfectly put. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's something I, I'd I'd want to have conversations about with folks from the Philippines a little bit more. Definitely. That's a good idea. Let me let me make some phone calls. Okay. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> okay, so this next question is from Monique Makasaet. Um, she has a, a YouTube channel um, at Before You Play, and they review board games. Or her and her husband review board games. So. Definitely check it out. They're super duper cute. Um, she left us a little audio message, so we're going to play it for y'all. 
Hi, Crystal and Dustin. My name is Monique, and my question for you both is what are your favorite foods to eat during the holidays? And this could be either Filipino food or other non Filipino cuisines or both, whichever you'd like to choose. Thanks. Bye. What's on the menu on the holidays, during the holidays? So, during the holidays, my sister in law makes this thing called a pavlova. Are you familiar? No, what is that? It's basically. I feel like folks will kill me if I don't explain this correctly, but how I explain it is that it's basically a giant macaron <gasps> cookie. Oh my, well. <laughs> but it's a cake. What? But like, it's like the the texture is like the a, a macaron cookie. Macaron? Macaron? Macaron. Macaron. A French cookie. Macron. Macaron. I don't know. Macron. <laughs> and it's got like whipped cream on it and fruits like berries and strawberries. And then sometimes she makes it with um, rose water. Sometimes she makes like a chocolate version. I prefer the rose water version. Oh, it's so good. It's nothing like I've ever tasted before. Wow. So that sounds delicious. Shout outs to Alana. Thanks for marrying my brother. (laughs) 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 Because that's one that's one of my favorite things that I've eaten these past few holiday seasons. Wow, that sounds delicious. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, anything else? Um, well, honestly, that's like the only thing I look forward to because everything else is basic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the, you know, Filipino foods that I see during the holidays are also items that I see at big celebrations. So a lechon, you know, at, at Ooh, the holidays. Yeah, can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with a lechon. Give me that skin, please. Nice and <laughs> yeah. crunchy. Mm. You know what's also like a good feeling? Crispy. Or I don't know if this makes me like morbid, but like when they bring out the lechon, it's like new, no one's touched it yet. And it's like, oh, who gets the first slice? Oh, yeah. Take out the butcher knife and they just whack it. And like, that, oh, that, the crisp of oh, that lechon. Yeah, that crack. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. What else? Um, you know... Aside from Filipino foods, um, I usually like my coffee black. I like tasting the flavors of Me the too. beans. Yeah, and like how it's roasted and, and whatnot. Oh my gosh, I have coffee. Hold on. Me too. Um, Michael just got us some coffee from Alfred. So um, it's a nice little coffee shop in L.A. Um, anyway... Cool. Cheers. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Ice to ice. Ice to ice. <laughs> mm, um, just had to take a little sippy sip. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like my coffee black throughout the, the year. But during the holidays, I do like to indulge in a PSL moment. Oh, my God. Are you a PSL girl? I, you know what? I know that's super basic, but once in a while, I just want to taste the holidays. And PSL screams holidays to me. And like a peppermint mocha, you know, as basic as that is, I totally acknowledging it. Can I ask you a follow up question? Yeah, sure. Do you own a pair of Ugg boots? No, I don't. <laughs> well, then you're not really a PSL girl. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's... If you're not embodying that aesthetic. Oh, no. I definitely don't embody that aesthetic, for sure. Um... <laughs> Just the Ugg boots, the, uh, uh, the fluffy denim jacket, 
with the fluffy inside. Totally. The big poofy hat. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm not that kind of gal. Remember, I'm a quirky girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's a quirky. She's a quirky. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but like I do like I like to have uh holiday holiday drink moments. Maybe a hot chocolate, you know? Yeah. Some marshmallows. Some marshy marshes. Um, just just a lot of sugar, you know, as you do during the holidays. Um oh, but you know what? Sorry, back to Filipino food. Um my grandma used to make uh Valenciana, which is kind of like a What's that? it's like a paella. But she used to make mm. it she used to go outside and make it and she'd make it uh during the holidays cuz it was also her birthday. Um but oh man, her Valenciana was so good. And I would look mm. forward to it during the holiday season. So that's definitely something that I used to love and would love to bring back if I could learn how to make Valenciana. Maybe you could put your culinary brain to the test and just make it from scratch with no recipe. Ooh, ooh, maybe. I have no <laughs> idea what she did, to be honest. <laughs> so, because I could, I never went outside to watch her cook it. So, like, things that I... I I'm familiar with kind of making or I've tried to to debunk like my Tita Nancy spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Like I I used to watch her, so I'd really just like go back into my memory and be like, okay, she would pick up the can of sugar and she'd put a bunch of sugar in the in the in the sauce. So this Thanksgiving, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna grab the sugar and like pour sugar in <laughs> until you know I think it's appropriate. Um, but yeah, I need to figure out the Valenciana and I don't know. I just, I wish I were, I wish I were outside with her making it. I wish I had been yeah. outside with her making it. So. Regrets. Regrets. <laughs> hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And can you... Tell me why you're being, why you're so fantastic right now. Well, it's because I've been listening to this really cool podcast. It, it's called Me Search. Uh, Me Search. Mmm. Tell me more. Um. You know we've well, <laughs> not, <laughs> not much to tell you since you've been there, but. <laughs> You're listening to Me Search, a podcast featuring Philan perspectives. Let us know what you think. Rate us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch new episodes on the first and third Wednesday each month. <laughs> well, I'll have to catch it, meaning I'll listen to our own episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Me Search. My name is Megan, calling in from Chino Hills. My question is, what is one tradition you or your family does for the holidays? Thank you so much. I love you both, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Megan. My heart is just doing things right now. So my grandma's birthday, my Lola who raised me, her birthday is on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So we would have a Christmas party at my house every year. 
um, because it was grandma's birthday. And we'd also, of course, celebrate Christmas growing up Filipino and Catholic, of course. Gotta celebrate Jesus. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was the one tradition we had every year. Um, and I would be so happy that everyone would be at our house, our family, our extended family. It was packed before. Um, and my tita Nancy, who used to um, live with us, uh, she's passed now. Um, you know, she she would bring this party to life and, you know, there was just so much joy and excitement and, and um, you know, sadly after my tita Nancy passed away and uh, my grandma became, you know, older and a little bit more weak and, and whatnot, the party started to die down a little bit. Mm. But that's something that I miss. Christmas Eve was like the night that I'd look forward to every year. Uh, in addition to my birthday, of course, I'd love my birthday <laughs> as a kid. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Christmas Eve, we would uh, open our gifts. Like all the kids would open their gifts Christmas Eve, not Christmas morning after you'd wake up like they do in the 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 Christmas stories and the books and the TV shows. Like we'd open it right at midnight. So that was always fun as a kid, and and that's something that we we've been celebrating. Even if the party has become smaller within the last five to ten years, really, I'm still glad that I get to see family during that time, and we get to eat and open presents at midnight. That's like the thing, midnight presents. What's the what's the coolest gift that you've received? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get emotional talking about this. Oh my god. So let's. Let's prepare yourself, Crystal. A couple years ago, I think this is the, I think this was 2016 or 2017. It was the year that my Lola passed away. And so that Christmas was particularly hard. Oh no! Oh no. It's fine. We cry on me search. We always cry on me search. I know, but I just, it's so hard um, to talk and cry at the same time. (laughs) And as, as podcast hosts, we have to talk. Um, but my friend Jenna Lee, um, oh, she came to my house on Christmas Eve and she gave me this uh, this thing that she she uh, she drew because <laughs> so we would sing my Lola happy birthday every year. Right. Because it was her birthday mm-hmm. on Christmas and she would always sing back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Aww. you, thank you, thank you. And that's something that I, I I spoke about at her eulogy at her funeral because it was just like one of the most wonderful things to just like be part of. Like grandma's singing, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, in in the uh, melody of happy birthday. So my friend Jenilee, who listens to the podcast, by the way, so shout out to Jenilee. Hey, Jenilee. She brought over this thing that she drew, and it was the words, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, in the shape of a birthday cake. And she framed Aww. it, and it was probably one of the best gifts I've ever received. So it just really made me, well, I always miss my grandma, so it was really nice to have that gift, especially during her birthday and on Christmas. Ah! Thanks, Jenilee. Thanks, Jenilee. You're making me cry. 
And happy birthday, Lola. And happy birthday to my Lola. She is seriously the best. Like, if um, there's anyone in the world who's my favorite, it's her. Because even when, you know, we talk about this all the time on the podcast about, like, just being your authentic self and leaning into Mm -hmm. your strengths and, you know... We have to fit this mold as Filipinos so often. My mm-hmm. grandma was always like, just do you, you know, and like, I love you for you and sing your heart out all the time, you know, and she always make me feel pretty, you know, like whenever I'd walk in, she'd be like, oh, there's Miss Philippines. <laughs> so like in, a, in, in times where like, you know, in toxic Filipino culture where they say like, oh, you're too fat or you're too this you're too dark and whatever my lola would always make me feel beautiful i know too much we have a question coming up about that subject so sit tight (laughs) sit tight folks maybe let me give (laughs) let me respond to that question and then we'll move we'll move on um thank you for sharing oh yeah that's so nice. Sorry, that was a very um, long answer. So let's get to no, yours. No, that's good. Um, I don't know how I can follow that. But um, but yeah, I, I think in terms of traditions, when I was still living at home, we would go to Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. And it was such a such a challenge because like <laughs> I like to sleep. Right. And, you know, we were always late because Filipino time. Totally. So we'd always end up like one of the last people there and we'd sometimes have to stand up in the back of the church. Cause that's when everyone goes to church. <laughs> yeah. A normal Sunday. It's like never nearly that packed, but sometimes we'd have to like stand through the whole thing. Oh man, man, it was, it was tough. It was... I remember those days of standing in the back. Oh no. But I've been out of the house for a while now. We haven't, I haven't gone to midnight mass in since I lived with my family, to be honest, but that was one family tradition mm. in terms of a tradition that I have during the holiday season is I like to reflect. I don't know if maybe I got this from you, Crystal, or if it was somebody else, but like I would make vision boards. Aww. So that's something that I do. I just like make a little vision board for every year. Actually, I think I got it. I started that when I was living with uh, my roommate, Leslie, uh-huh. and she's got a question for us later on in this podcast, but my roommate, Leslie, when she moved in, um, she was actually a friend of a friend from work. Mm-hmm. And we became roommates, uh, I think, I want to say like 2013, maybe, 14, not sure. But um, we would do uh, vision boards every year. Aww. She became one of my really close friends. Aww. Yeah, shout out to Leslie. Shout out to Leslie. So we would do vision boards. That's That's the thing that I do. Love. Ooh, sorry, I have one more tradition. It's a new one with me and Michael. Okay, what is it? Yeah, so Christmas Day now, we are, we love a good breakfast burrito. (laughs) Oh, oh my God, I've been craving breakfast burritos. I know. Uh, We love a good breakfast burrito. We also love tamales. So um, last year we decided to find a... you know, a restaurant that's open <laughs> that offers that offers uh, breakfast burritos and tamales, which uh, close to us right now, it's it's just the Northgate uh, food court uh, close to us. Um, but we are we're going to 
you know, continue this tradition of getting a breakfast burrito and some tamales, and we're going to watch a Christmas movie on Christmas Day in the morning. So, yeah, just cozy with some delicious, yummy food. Um, Yeah, that's our that's our new tradition for my own new family. I'm here for that. I'm here for that tradition. Give me some breakfast burritos. Absolutely. Mm. I can't wait. I've been eating really good the last couple of weeks, so I can't wait to dive in next week. (laughs) 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 Ah, yes. So our next question is from McCoy, um, who is a friend of the pod. You can also find him at Gam Chat Podcast, so definitely check McCoy out. He wrote us, how has your Phil-M identity shaped the way you view Christmas and New Year traditions? Dustin. Hmm. For me, Phil-M culture means you are accountable to your family. Uh-huh. Like, there's a, there's a loyalty there, and family comes first. And in terms of using that lens in the holiday season... I always just assume that my family is doing something. There's no need to have an invitation. There's just always something going on and they're your priority. So yeah, if you have to pick between friends and family, family comes first. Mm-hmm. Even if your family's annoying you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the phrase that you'll, you'll tell your friends is like, I can't hang out. I got to hang out with my family. <laughs> I got a thing with my family. Sorry guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a pretty basic answer. <laughs> no, you know what? It's a, it's the same for me. Mm-hmm. The holidays revolves around family. Um, you know, whatever your faith traditions are or aren't, family time is definitely prioritized. So, you know, you may not see that friend that hit you up unless you can squeeze time in amongst that busy schedule with fam. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, for me also, the season has also been shaped by my faith. Um, I grew up Catholic, um, like many other Filipino households. Um, I'm no longer Catholic, but I still do consider myself Christian, though I, I don't believe or belong to any specific sect of Christianity. But yeah, definitely the season has been shaped by my faith. And although we don't know when Jesus's actual birthday is, Mm. um, I personally still do celebrate him and... And yeah, that's how my identity has shaped the holiday season. Cool. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, shall we move on to the next question? Yeah. Thank you, McCoy. Thanks, McCoy. Check out Game Chat Podcast. Do it, do it, do it. So this next question is from Ariana De La Rosa, and she is a friend of the pod. And she is also the individual who gave us that fun question about MySpace and Friendster uh, in the last episode. <laughs> Love. How do you navigate toxic Filipino culture during the holiday season, Uh, specifically when family members ask you uncomfortable questions about your weight or bring up your career or literally compare you to every single person in that room? We love, we love those moments, don't we? Said no one ever. <laughs> What's some, what are some examples that apply to you? Like what, what have people told you in those kinds of settings? Oh my God. Um, 
what haven't I heard? <laughs> um, wow, uh, you used to be so skinny. What happened to you? <laughs> Gosh. We love that. Um, when are you having children? I fucking hate that question. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you. And then, like, when when me and Michael weren't married yet, it's like, when are you guys getting married? You know, uh, what are you doing <laughs> with your life? Like, I haven't had as, as many questions about my career, surprisingly enough, but it's like no one also asks about my career because no one really wants to know, like, it's really interesting when it comes to professional life, right? Mm -hmm. It's never about how it's meaningful in your life. It's always about how much money you're making, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of these questions stem from capitalism and how that's so ingrained in our society and also just outdated patriarchal standards. That's where it all stems from. And mm. for anyone who's listening who might be asking these questions to people, it really affects folks psychologically. We have our own set of mental health issues within the Filipino community. And I just want to say straight up, those questions perpetuate those mental health issues. So I really hope for anyone who's listening who who does ask questions like that to folks to maybe just think twice about what you're asking. Mm. My role as a woman is not reduced down to being a baby factory. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I am not a baby factory. And I also don't owe anybody babies. <laughs> it's you, just like you owe me a baby you know i am a woman who is still a three-dimensional human being with very specific dreams and um they shouldn't be invalidated and um you know there are women out there who do want to be moms and that's their priority and that's cool but that's not for every woman and you know a woman's happiness is not contingent on these patriarchal standards or they shouldn't be so stop expecting that Mm -hmm. And to continue putting us in a box with these expectations and this kind of interrogation is not healthy. Whether or not I want to have children or can is none of anybody's business except for me and my husband's. It's also weird when you ask us, are you trying <laughs> you know, think about that. Like you're you're asking about someone's sex life, essentially. Hey, are you doing it? Yeah, and that's weird, right? <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about sex life with, you know, people who are, you know. Who are not there. My aunts and uncles, <laughs> you know. And I think also... Something to think about, there's a lot of women who cannot have children. Mm -hmm. So when you ask that question to women, folks, you're hitting a very sensitive spot for some people um, because maybe they do want to have children, but they just can't. And that's something that they shouldn't have to share with you. Period. Mm -hmm. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as weight goes... I think the last time I actually said something back 
which is like, ooh, like very taboo because we we always have to honor uh, the the family hierarchy, right? Mm. But I said, I, all I said was, I'm a growing woman because I am. And as a woman, like my weight will fluctuate. I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken anymore where my metabolism is on my side. My metabolism has aged with me. Mm-hmm. So my metabolism is not going to work the same as it did when I was 22 you know and i love my body in all shapes that it comes in however old i am so if yeah if yeah if you're if you're asking me to make me feel bad about my weight i'm not going to feel bad if that's your aim anyone who's asking just letting y'all know i don't care yeah. <laughs> anymore it used to affect me but whatever i used to get questions about my weight also like because my weight would fluctuate a lot um, uh-huh. my mom would do this thing where she wouldn't outright, outright tell me that I'd gotten fat. She'd just like grab my, my belly or she'd like puff up her cheeks. Mm. Mm. Mom, you traumatized me. God. <laughs> um, honestly for Aww. me and in, in like navigating toxic Filipino culture, the, I would get questions about my weight or I would get statements, um, or like when it came to like my career. It wasn't necessarily like people would make direct statements about my job. They would just tell me about what their kids were doing. Or like I would I would hear about other people's successes. Uh-huh. And then they would ask me like, what are you doing? <sighs> or they would ask me like, why don't you have a girlfriend? Like, bro, are you like just asking me if I'm gay? Or are you really trying to like ask me if I got a girlfriend? Um, honestly, uh... like I think the way that I handled all of that was I just trolled people back because I was a really disrespectful child and I would talk back (laughs) to my elders all the time it was very inappropriate actually (laughs) I was a horrible human being um (laughs) no but like but you were you're advocating for yourself I know maybe it didn't come in come out in the most respectful way but I think something that we don't do is advocate for ourselves in our culture and that's something that we you know, we need to be okay with. We need to be able to empower ourselves. And if you feel offended, it's okay to be like, hold up, right? I think this culture has turned me into a pathological liar, though. Oh. (laughs) Are you going to be a nurse? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Do you have a girlfriend? (laughs) Yep. When are you going to get married? Totally. Uh, In in a year. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I I had learned to just like, give them the answers that they want to hear. Just to like shut down the conversation because like I just don't want to engage. Right. Very short responses. I have to be okay with just not giving them the truth because it doesn't really matter because they're going to ask me the same freaking questions the next time I see them. Right. And, you know, you keep asking me, so I'm going to give you different answers because obviously what I'm giving you isn't satisfactory. These days, I think now because I've accomplished a lot, Mm -hmm. I've graduated, I have my doctorate degree. I have absolutely a, boo. I have mm-hmm. a decent job. I pay my own bills. Mm-hmm. I you're doing the damn thing, okay? I'm a functioning adult, so people you are all so people don't really ask me these kinds of questions anymore. Also, I feel like I've distanced myself from family mm-hmm. in a healthy way, where it's like I don't personally feel the need to engage with you. My family. Yeah. 
<laughs> I feel like that's horrible to say, but I just don't, I don't feel like it's my responsibility to like, please you, I guess is my response. Right. At the cost of the degradation of ourselves with these questions, like, why should we engage with that when all you're doing is degrading me, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair. Yeah. So I think that's smart. And it's just unfortunate that we have the opportunity to have more meaningful conversations at, you know, these family parties and whatnot. But then it always just... (laughs) it always just turns to these questions, like these same questions, like, why don't you get to know me more in my authentic self, Mm. right? It hurts to know that you have to just like lie just so you can shut it down, boo, you know? Well, I think also these days, I'd maybe just, I maybe tell the truth, but then just give them very short answers to signal, I don't want to have this conversation. (laughs) Right, right. And you know, it's like, it's, it's such a... It's such an uncomfortable thing to, like, talk about even now. Like, I feel guilty right now because it's so ingrained in us, right, to Mm -hmm. have any kind of opposition to this, the way things have been, right? Yeah. It just is what it is, right? And we just, we're supposed to accept it. And um, if we say anything back, it's like, oh, you're a bad kid, Mm -hmm. right? So even now, while we're talking about it, Boo, on this podcast for everyone to listen, mm-hmm. there is guilt. Yeah. But I feel, I feel. Yeah, there's guilt. I feel weird about. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel really uncomfortable. Because I, I feel like also there's going to be a lot of awkward pauses because I'm trying to be careful in how I say what I say and how I articulate my opinion on how to engage with family members in particular. Yeah. Because, you know, I, at the end of the day, I love my family. Yeah. But they piss me off a lot when it comes to these types of conversations. Because, like, first of all, you're not living my life. Mm -hmm. If I'm a functioning adult paying my taxes, why do you care what I do for a living? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why do you care? Are you going to go to the gym for me? No? No. Why do you care that I don't go to the gym? I mean, as a working adult, you know, it's really hard to go to the gym. (laughs) We have so many priorities, remember? Because you're an adult too, auntie. And you don't look so hot either, auntie. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, and you know, and going back to the fact that like we love our family, we love them. And I think because we're aware of this, like we're also aware of how we interact with them and like... We also know how to honor them the way that they are as they are. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, I just wish that we had that feeling too, where we also feel um, honored for who we are also and where we are in our lives. Because yeah, we, we have our own life. Yeah. You know, we have our own trajectory and whatever that may be, you know, is because that's just who we are, you know? Why can't we just be ourselves? Why not? Why not? <laughs> and I think yeah. what what I'll also say, I guess, to end this particular response to this question is that I am not in any way telling anybody to go tell their auntie or uncle to F off. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> I- this is what I feel like I would do in the moment. I don't know if any of this is actually the best response because... It's very nuanced depending on who you're talking to, depending on your surroundings. Like, context is really important. 
Absolutely. So the the takeaway I would hope for people uh, to take away is trust that you have good judgment mm-hmm. and you will exercise that in the moment. And also like practice loving yourself and being okay with who you are. Yes. Because that will inform how you respond to those questions. And if maybe your family understands that you are fine, then mm-hmm. maybe that's what they need to hear too. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like I also, I, I didn't answer this question, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I just kind of ranted about, well, it's a, it's a lot of years of pent up anger mm-hmm. and frustration and sadness, right? Because I feel like a lot of these questions have have, uh, you know, caused a lot of insecurities and anxiety for myself, right? Um, how have you reacted in the moment, though? I guess that going back to the question, like, how oh, how do you yeah, navigate yeah, yeah. toxic Filipino culture? Like, what is your response when people ask you about personal things? It has always been, oh, ha, 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 ha. You laugh it off? <laughs> Pretty much. I just laugh it off mm-hmm. and maybe give some variation of, I'll think about it. So your strategy is the uh, awkward laugh. My strategy is the passive aggressiveness. I don't know that either is the best response, but, you know, to answer the question, that's what we do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what we've been doing. I'm still, yeah, still trying to navigate and still trying to figure out how to um, address this very delicate situation. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't want to disrespect anyone, even though I also feel very much disrespected (laughs) i also i honor my my elders um and i don't want to disrespect them it's just you know it it hurts yeah uh also from gam chat podcast d says what's an effective way to make others realize specifically filipinos usually your parents or extended family, that it's okay to veer away from the traditional success or life path that's expected of us. The seat at the table isn't only reserved for nurses, doctors, and lawyers. So this is kind of tied to the idea of (sighs) the toxic habit of comparing one person to another, specifically when it comes to careers. So Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts or advice about how to navigate not navigate the conversation, but I guess the question is, how do you how do you make these people who are posing these questions to you understand that you don't have to be a nurse or a doctor or a liar to be successful? Well, I guess something that I've <laughs> I've just always said, because I've never, ever, ever had any desire to be in the medical industry or um, any of the, you know, two to three paths that were told to, to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always just said, well, I like to sing and I like to act. So that's what I'm going to do yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I've always just said, that's just not for me. I guess just be honest. And I know that's hard and folks might not understand because it's it's just so much part of our, part of our culture, but um, like Dustin said, just be true to yourself. And um, I think having that conversation and, and trying to explain as best as you can where your talents lie and your passions lie, 
I think that's important. Just show them, show them who you are. And if, if they accept it, they accept it. And if they don't, they don't. And again, this is your, this is your life trajectory. This is your path. This is also just a moment in time Mm -hmm. that will pass when this question uh, comes up. So let the moment pass, I guess. I don't know. I, again, this is tough. (laughs) It is, it is a tough question. And I think especially maybe for younger Filipinos, maybe who are in uh, high school or college, when this conversation happens probably more frequently than later in life, Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, you just need to be true to yourself because Mm -hmm. sometimes it takes more energy to explain yourself to another human being but is that really where your energy should be going right and five days from now a week from now a year from now will that person you explained yourself to still be in your life will they still have the same inquiries will they still be challenging you in the same way maybe maybe not to me I feel like the most effective way to make other people realize that there are different ways to be successful is to just do it. Just be successful. Mm-hmm. Do the thing that you want to do. Well, let me put it this way. The more effort you put towards having to convince another person is less energy and less effort towards the thing you actually want to do. Right. So if you just limit how you engage with the people who are not supporting you, and use that energy towards actually doing the thing you want to do, then that's more investment towards becoming successful. And the quicker you will be to becoming successful in whatever industry that might be. And Mm -hmm. I think the thing with Filipino culture, or at least Filipino American culture in the way that I know it is, they want to see success in a tangible way. They don't know that a pathway is successful unless they can see a representation of what it looks like. Right. So be that thing that is the representation of success. If they're unable to conceptualize what it means to be successful in a, in an industry that is not nurse, doctor, lawyer, or engineer, or whatever it may be, then it's not your job necessarily to explain it to them. Right. But if you can be that and they can then see it, then maybe that will do the trick. Yeah. And even if they're not convinced, just keep going. Who cares, man? Keep going. Who cares? Like, you're doing it. So, (sighs) yeah. Yeah. Like, just do you at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can be. The only thing we can do is just be ourselves. Absolutely. It really is so much more taxing to try to be something you're not trying to explain and rationalize your existence to somebody else that is such a waste of time sometimes yeah like there you Mm -hmm. could be using that energy towards being awesome yeah and you are awesome and you are awesome if you're wondering if you are if you're listening to this podcast default you're awesome yeah totes awesome yeah you are enough i think that's also a thing like so often these conversations make you feel like you're not enough but you're enough 100 percent hundo p hundo p as they say in in crazy (laughs) (laughs) ex-girlfriend the 
The next question comes from Leslie. It's a fun one. And she texted us, what are your favorite holiday songs? Oh, man. What are yours? Let me tell you a story first. Okay, here for stories. When I was in high school, or it might have been college, can't remember, I got Christina Aguilera's uh, Christmas album. Totally. I used to love Christina Aguilera. Um, I still have a soft spot for her, but these days, looking back, I realize, wow, she did a lot of vocal acrobatics that were completely unnecessary. Yes. The song that came to mind when I saw this question was a song from her album, she sings a bunch of runs and it's like, is this really a Christmas song? Is it really a song any in general? But it is goes, it? Glow, glow. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, Angels We Have Heard on High. Angels We Have Heard on High. And it's, oh, man. That was, that's a vibe, right? That whole CD was a vibe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm not going to play the whole uh, thing because a- the first 30 seconds of that song is just her singing runs. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it really is all runs. Oh. Um, oh, man. Do you remember the song, um, These Are the Special Times, off that album? Yes. Oh, that song is so good. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, man. We need to have a listening party sometime. We sure do. Yeah. That whole album was something, something to behold. It sure was. Uh, <laughs> do you have any other ho- favorite holiday songs? Uh, I love This Christmas. Uh, yes. Is there a specific version? Yes. Donny Hathaway, This Christmas is my jam. Um, also love... Uh, I love the whole NSYNC holiday album. Here for it, because NSYNC for life. Mm. All day, Happy every day. Holidays. You know what song I also enjoy is... It's so funny... The the Carol is it Carol the Bells? Yes. But you know what's so funny is like I I hate and love that version that's like super intense that they play on coast that uh Dwight from the office also really loves. <laughs> There's another what do you mean? Like how is it's the original like, version not already like intense? Wee! Oh yeah, the the you know electric ta- guitar. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like so intense, but like I'm like strangely here for it, but I'm also not here for it. You know, it's like that love and hate feeling, maybe parallel to my feelings about Creed. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I think you just hate them in general. No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah. Love those, love those jams. Love those jams. Cool. All right, let's let's do the next question. Yeah. This next question comes to us from Monique Makasayat of Before You Play. Hi, Dustin and Crystal. My name is Monique, and my question for you both is: How has this year changed the way you connect with others, especially in the way that you celebrate holidays or just celebrations in general? Thanks. Bye. 
Well, the first thing that comes to my mind mm-hmm. is Zoom. I'm perpetually on Zoom. I guess pros and cons, it's given me an opportunity to stay connected with friends and family that I might not normally drive to go see, even in a regular year. So, like, leveraging technology has been pretty helpful, but, like, also being on Zoom is tiring. Like, when you're on Zoom for hours upon hours at work, yeah, it uh, starts to become counterproductive. But, yeah, in terms of the positive end for holiday seasons, it's definitely given me an opportunity to stay connected when I might not normally travel. Yeah. So, what about you? I think I just appreciate... Um... I appreciate coming together with family even more because it's just so it's just so challenging and heart-wrenching that we cannot see family this year. Yeah. Um you know, it sucks that like my mom is going to be by herself on my Lola's birthday and um we can't see her cuz we're trying to be really safe right now. Um sucks that I can't see my cousins, it sucks that I can't see my my parents-in-law. Um, and my, my family-in-law, it just sucks. And just, it just makes me appreciate the time that we have together physically even more because I know Michael and I are having a very hard time with that right now. So, Mm. uh, hug your loved ones as tight as you can when, when you can, not right now, not right now, but when, when we can soon, hopefully, jeez, wear your masks, everyone. Yeah. I th- I feel like this question really revealed how you and I are kind of different or complementary. Mm-hmm. But like my my brain automatically went to like logistics and <laughs> the tech- technicalities and you're like the heart of the show. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, boo. How can we execute visiting one another? <laughs> What's the plan, guys? What's the plan? <laughs> We're covering all bases here on Research, okay? <laughs> all equally, on all very, all very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, give us the, the final question, Crystal, from our dear friend. From Patty. We love Patty. you. Shout out to Patty. I feel like maybe we've given him shout outs in every single episode. Well, he's such a supporter, right? Thank but you yeah. for always uh, reposting what's happening with Search. He's, he's the best. I love Patty. Hi, guys. So first of all, I just wanted to say how proud I am of you guys. I'm so excited for season two. I know even though season one is not over yet. Uh, but my question for the both of you um, is who would be someone or a group of people that you guys want to interview for the next season? Love you guys. Love you too, Patty. Love you so much. I have a few folks in mind based on our current kind of trajectory of interviewing trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses. Mm-hmm. What's kind of the vibe that you're kind of envisioning for the future of this podcast? Well, for me personally, I I just admire the Filipino food scene a lot. Mm, um, yum, yum, yum. Yeah. It's so wonderful to see our... Um, food come to the forefront a little bit more and you know it takes takes a lot so I just 
you know, props to all the Filipino chefs out there grinding it out. Mm -hmm. I know that it's really challenging right now with stay-at-home orders and, you know, keeping afloat. So everyone out there who has a favorite Filipino spot, go support. Go, go, go support. Um, but I would love to talk to, you know, some of the 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 chefs within our community, um, the Valencia brothers from Lhasa, Nicole Ponseca uh, from Jeep Me out in New York. I've been wanting to try her food, but boy, mm. do I have hard eyes for her and admire her so much um, and what she she's all about. Uh, and just, you know, everyone in the L.A. food scene, L.A. Filipino food scene over here. Um, from Tatang to Park's Finest to Petit Peso to Creme Caramel, everybody. Um, we love, we love eating at all these places over here. So um, I would love to just chat with them and and get their insight on, on their journey and their experience of food. We could do a whole season on just food. food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So our, our, our tagline this season is trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses. I just thought of one now for season two if we do decide to move forward with kind of this food theme. It'll be our movers, shakers, and tastemakers. Ooh, love, love, yeah. love. So for me, I would, kind of in the same vein, I would love to have Jordan and Dino on the show. Um, so I'm speaking truth into existence, and he has, he's actually uh, Canadian, but he has a, a restaurant out in New York mm -hmm. and I th it's called Flip Siggy, which is a Filipino restaurant. Yeah. I think it would be really cool to, to get kind of that East coast perspective. Yeah. Other than that, like we talked about earlier in this episode, maybe folks, Filipinos from the Philippines, mm -hmm. um, maybe who came to America and we can kind of unpack their experiences. Um, and also the opposite, like folks from America who moved to the Philippines. So I'm mm. thinking of, like folks who went there to pursue the artista thing, mm -hmm. uh, to become actors, musicians, and and artists out in the Philippines. I'm thinking of R.J. De La Fuente, who is a UC Riverside alum, who's now um, doing things in the Philippines. Very cool. He was on The Voice in the Philippines. He um, he's on a, a show. I want to I want to say it's called Kaibigan. Okay. Um, that's out now, and um. Tony Labrusca. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, I think he, he used to live in Canada. I think he's from Texas. He used to live in Canada. And now he's uh, regularly acting in TV and film in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So that would be cool. Yeah, that would be really, really interesting uh, to get that perspective. And I think it'd be wonderful to kind of work towards bridging our experiences and understanding one another uh, a bit better like we mm -hmm. we talked about that that um i don't know like there's there's definitely that disconnect and um i don't think we have a full understanding i i don't know if we ever will but like just a better understanding yeah. of our experiences over here and over there so right but also love to get some some folks who are fellow educators yeah learn more about that would also love to I don't know. I'd love to talk to some historians and people who can speak on uh, Filipino mental health. Mm. I think that's something that I'd love to dive into as well. 
Yeah. So many things. So many things that we can talk about. Leia Salonga, also, <gasps> if you want to come on the show. Oh, my gosh. Um, absolutely. And even Noblezada. Oh, my gosh. I would die. <laughs> We're going to name it to claim it. We're naming it to claim it. Yes. Um. Cool. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts as we close out? Well, thank you first to Dustin for inviting me to be part of this wonderful project. This has been a highlight of my year for sure. I'm glad that we have reunited over Zoom. Y'all, it was so sad seeing Dustin the other day for like two minutes and not having the ability to hang out. It sucks. So can this pandemic be over? Because I was really sad after that happened. (laughs) I was like, this is so freaking sad. For context, for context, we're making handmade, homemade holiday cards to send send out to folks who asked for them to friends and fam of the pod. I started the the card by drawing a little scribble, and I handed it off to Crystal, and we're doing a collaborative picture where she finishes the scribble into an actual illustration that's inspired by the person we're sending the card to. Yeah. But I would love to hang out with you <laughs> like yeah. for longer than a few minutes and just to drop off things for business things. <laughs> yeah. This Zoom connection that we've been making is actually like the most human interaction that I've had <laughs> outside of people from work. So you and me and, and our, the guests that we've had on our show. Yeah. So I really appreciate um, this podcast and you being part of it so thank you thank you make sure to subscribe to me search wherever you listen to podcasts find new episodes on the first and third wednesday of every month check us out at mesearchpodcast.com and find us on social media at mesearchpodcast mesearch is produced and hosted by dustin domingo and crystal tagati editing by Dustin Domingo. Special thanks to all of our friends and family who sent us questions for this episode. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. And we'll catch you all at the next episode. We're going to get to the bottom of things. This is me, Search, folks. Woohoo! Happy holidays! Yay!